How many members here are in the AFL CIA? Many? All right, not too many. No. Wonder why that is. We'll find out today. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. Mm -hmm. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the from the Pacifica Radio Network in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, and 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI News Radio, in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui, in Columbus, Ohio, on WGRN 94.1 FM, the Green Renaissance Network. In Palinville, New York, on 102.9 FM WLPP. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul, on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And yes, we are also streaming coast-to-coast coast and around the globe on the intertubes on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik. We are blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us today for another thrilling action-packed adventure. Well, with polls now starting to open up again uh, for Hillary Clinton, <clears throat> both nationally and in a number of uh, key swing states, we've got fresh polls out today suggesting... Uh, she may be even taking a, a double-digit lead in uh, in some places like Pennsylvania and uh, Virginia, uh, a five-point or so lead now in North Carolina. North Carolina, yeah. I wouldn't call it a surge yet, but some are doing so. This uh, following last week's uh, very bad, no good, uh, terrible uh, Trump wreck of a debate for Donald Trump and a no good, very bad, terrible week that has happened ever since. I wouldn't call it a surge. Some are doing it and it could be. In fact, we'll see how it goes. Uh, well, we will see maybe just maybe. How it goes after tonight's vice presidential debate. Yes, uh, we are waiting for that to happen a little bit later tonight. Vice presidential candidates, Republican governor of Indiana, Mike Pence, and Democratic Virginia Senator Tim Kaine will be debating this evening at Longwood University in um, Farmville, Virginia. It will be moderated by CBS News' Elaine Quijano. Is that how you say it, Desi Doyne? I have no idea. I have never even heard of her. Uh, in any event, she's the first Asian-American to perform such a role on the national stage. <clears throat> and I suspect, but don't know for sure, that it will probably be much more substantive than last week's insane Trump wreck uh, <laughs> of a debate at uh, Hofstra University in New York. But we will see. Uh, it certainly won't have the, the type of ratings, I suspect, that the Donald Trump uh, debate did. But vice presidential debates can be important in various ways. Uh, and I'm reminded of 
the the first story actually that uh, we broke at Bradblog.com that got national news uh, that uh, got national attention back way back in 2004. We've come to call it the White House website scrubbing scandal. Uh, it was 2004. There was a the vice presidential debate between Dick Cheney and John Edwards. And uh, John God, Edwards, that was a long time. I ago. know. Remember, <laughs> that's how long we've been doing this. Uh, and we still haven't uh, fixed everything. Working on it. <clears throat> Actually, it's going. Things are going in the wrong direction. So maybe I should just <laughs> stop. Anyway, uh, John Edwards had said in that debate that the that the U.S. had lost more troops in Iraq than any of our allies. And remember, uh, Dick Cheney responded as if he was furious. He was pretending to be. He was so offended. Yeah, he was offended. He called it beyond the pale that Edwards had dismissed all the sacrifices. Of our allies, the Iraqis. Now, and I thought, <laughs> and I thought at the time, wait, I don't recall Iraq being listed among our the so-called coalition of the willing. Remember that Golly. the coalition of the willing, the kind of such or willing. I know, right? Term on, terminology, uh, uh. right? Exactly. The, so I went on to look. I went to the White House website, WhiteHouse.gov, to look at the list of the because they had a list of the coalition of the willing and there it was i clicked on the link um at the white house website the link was there but then when i clicked on it the page was not there was no page the page was missing it wasn't there it had been removed for some reason from the site after i guess after dick cheney's outrage that uh, beyond the pale john edwards wasn't including iraqis as our allies in the coalition of the willing. Uh, so I, I reported at the time that it looks like they had scrubbed the website. They had removed that list for some reason. I don't know if it had to do with the, you know, what Cheney's comments were, but for some reason they had removed that list. Now, people had been falling out of the dropping off of the coalition of the willing uh, for some time, uh, you know, as things were not going well in the Iraq war. Um, but then I started, so I reported that, that that was gone, and then I started looking around. There was also other stuff that was missing from the White House website. Um, George Bush's video. Remember, this was before the YouTube days, too, when you could easily find this kind of stuff. So the, the video of George W. Bush saying, oh, I don't think all that much about bin Laden. Anymore, that was removed, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> all this embarrassing stuff, other embarrassing or not embarrassing stuff was still there. Meeting with, uh, you know, civil rights uh, workers and all of that. That was still there. Just not the embarrassing stuff. So I reported it. Uh, this was gone. And it, as it turns out, it was a violation of the Presidential Records Act of 1975. Those were official records. You are not just allowed to disappear them, to just disappear uh, data like that, documents, videos and so forth. Uh, from the website and uh, the Washington Post picked up on our story at Bradblog.com. Associated Press picked up on it. They started asking uh, the White House communications director what was going on, where was all of this material. And uh, I'm happy to say that uh, the White House, the George W. Bush White House, had to spend the last week of the 2004 campaign uh, spending a lot of time and effort and resources uploading terabytes of old data back onto the whitehouse.gov website 
because of the some of the troublemaking and muckraking that we caused uh, back in 2004. And again, that came out of the vice presidential debate. And, and that was before it went, big story for Brad Blog before we were even covering voting uh, machines and uh, uh, voter suppression and all of that. So that was one of our big stories. You can still find it, by the way, if you like at bradblog.com, a series of uh, old stories on that. So that was 2004 uh, in 2008, of course. We had the most watched vice presidential debate in history. There were 70 million watching that year. Pretty huge number. Um, but that one featured Sarah Palin. So, uh, you know, and, and if we've learned anything in this election cycle, boy, America loves a train wreck on television. <laughs> and we should have known after Sarah Palin. Uh, and of course, we will be covering uh, the vice presidential debate, whatever happens, boring or not, uh, whatever it, uh, it ends up being on uh, on tomorrow's broadcast. In the meantime, uh, Desi Doyen, you'll be joining us a little bit later for our latest Green News report. Yep. With uh, two massive hurricanes now making landfall this week, including uh, Hurricane Matthew now sweeping through Haiti. As we go to air, uh, thousands remain in tent cities down there. Six years after a massive earthquake devastated much of that island nation. So, uh, boy... Uh, Worried about what's going on down there. Also, a bit more uh, disturbing news from the U.S. House, but some encouraging news out of the U.N. Uh, and even some good news uh, for those of us here in Los Angeles. So that's coming uh, coming up a little bit later. Uh, the country, though, is is kind of going nuts right now amidst this uh, uh, Trump-Clinton race, but particularly the Republican Party. So I hope to get to some of the latest examples of that uh, craziness in a bit. But first, it has been said that Donald Trump decided to run for president largely because he thought it might you know, help his brand, help his business. But I got to say, given the extraordinary negative attention that those businesses have now received and the legal jeopardy that Donald Trump may well now be in, Yesterday, we reported, for example, on the New York attorney general shutting down Trump's charity operation for failing to file the required paperwork in New York state that would have allowed him to seek charitable funds in New York and uh, and and the state attorney general's investigation into his Trump University and Trump Institute scams. All of that continues. You got to wonder if he's starting to second guess the whole enterprise of running for president. Uh, because it would be good for uh, for his business. At Newsweek on Monday, Kurt Eichenwald reports, plenty of blue-collar workers believe that as president, Donald Trump would be ready to fight off U.S. trade adversaries and reinvigorate the country's manufacturing industries through his commitment to the Rust Belt. What they likely don't know, he says, is that Trump has been stiffing American steelworkers on his own construction projects for years, choosing to deprive untold millions of dollars from four key electoral swing states and instead directing it to China, the country whose trade practices have helped decimate the once powerful industrial center of the United States. A Newsweek investigation has found that in at least two of Trump's last three construction projects, Trump opted to purchase his steel and aluminum from Chinese manufacturers rather than the U.S. corporations based in states like Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan and Wisconsin. 
Yes, it is said that Trump's big base of support comes largely from white, working-class people, largely males. But why would that be? If anybody actually bothers to look at his actual record on working people, if his working-class supporters actually paid attention to Trump's record of treating them, frankly, like garbage, at least when he is employing them, uh, perhaps they might reconsider that support. By way of just one more direct example, recently we covered the, the news of, his, uh, of Trump's orders to management at one of his golf resorts out here in Southern California to replace experienced wait, uh, waitresses at the club's restaurant with prettier ones. Yes, really. But all of that might be small potatoes, considering how he's been treating his own employees, U.S. workers, at many of his other properties. Now some 500 workers at his Trump Hotel in Las Vegas, uh, who voted to unionize last year, have been trying to, for months, to sit down at the negotiating table with Donald Trump. So far, Management of the property has refused, and now the union workers are calling for a boycott of all Trump properties across the nation. This is uh, according to a press release from Unite Here, uh, citing federal law allowing boycotts for the purpose of forcing an employer to honor their duty to bargain. Unite Here, the parent union of the Culinary Union, which is certified as the bargaining representative of workers at the uh, Trump Hotel Las Vegas, they have called for a national boycott of businesses Donald J. Trump owns, has invested in, or has partnered with until the Trump Hotel Las Vegas honors its legal duty to bargain with the union. The Boycott Trump campaign urges customers to not eat, sleep, or play at many Trump hotels and golf courses, and it comes in the wake of federal officials denying Trump Hotel Las Vegas's objections to a December 2015 union election during which the majority of workers at the hotel voted to join the Culinary Union. The, the Culinary Union is the largest affiliate of Unite Here, which represents some 270,000 workers in gaming, hotel, and the food service industries in North America. The Culinary Union is encouraging Nevada locals, I should say Nevada locals so I don't get in trouble, uh, political candidates and tourists to avoid staying at or patronizing hotels under an active labor dispute such as the Station Casinos, Palms Casino Resort, and the Trump Hotel Las Vegas. Uh, one quote here from, the, um, from one of the uh, top officers at the Culinary Union, uh, Giacondo Arwelo, Klein said after a disgraceful anti-union campaign against their own workers, the hotel still refuses to negotiate with their employees. We call on all allies and workers to stand in solidarity in a national boycott until Donald Trump, the great negotiator, comes to the table. Here to talk about this and the uh, boycott Trump movement is the director of communications and a spokesperson for Unite Here Culinary Workers Union Local 226, Bethany Kahn. Bethany Kahn, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you very much. Great to have you. Uh, all right, so the um, so the workers, just so I understand what's going on out out there at the at the Vegas property, the the the, the vote for the workers to unionize at Trump Hotel Las Vegas, that's done. The workers have voted to unionize there. That was done as of December. That's done, right? Or is uh, is Trump still challenging uh, the workers' right to organize at that property? Well, the 
the hotel and Mr. Trump's company has been challenging and objecting and fighting the workers' unionization uh, efforts. Mm-hmm. And so when workers voted to unionize in December of last year uh, and they won, Mr. Trump's company did a host of objections. And so the federal government has overruled and dismissed all of them. And so Mr. Trump and his company is legally required to bargain with the culinary union mm-hmm. and the workers. And the reason why a contract is so important is because the workers are fighting for fair wages, job security, good health benefits. Mr. Trump pays these workers at his five-star boutique hotel an average of $3 an hour less per hour than other union workers in Las Vegas. And the culinary union, since we represent about 57,000 working men and women in Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. to have a hotel like this, um, pay at such a different rate. It really sets the workers up as to be second class, doing the same jobs and mm-hmm. paid less, don't have the same benefits. And so he's not, I, I'm trying to figure out why he's not, uh, I think the uh, the head of your union called it uh, called him the great negotiator there sarcastically, but I'm trying to figure out why they're not even willing to negotiate. Are they still, is there any remaining challenges to the fact that you guys did, in fact, vote to, uh, to to unionize last December. I mean, is he still in court on this? Is there still some other options? What was the actual uh, challenge that he was putting forward to uh, to the workers uh, unionizing in the first place, uh, according to the vote last November, uh, last December? I mean, they they saw the series of mm-hmm. objections, the way the vote was counted or, or um, who voted. I mean, just a host of things to try mm-hmm. and tie this up in court. And so this practice of expansive litigation mm-hmm. is one that the union, the workers, have beat soundly, and we won. And so there are no more objections that they can file in the election. The hotel is certified a union hotel. It's a union property. The only thing that's missing is a union contract. And mm-hmm. Mr. Trump is running to be president of the United States of America, and he says that he'll take care of women. These are women at his hotel. He says he'll take care of American citizens and workers. Okay, well, the workers at his hotel, many of them are American citizens. They're all employed directly by him. He's a 50% owner of that hotel, and they just want their boss to make a deal with him. He says that he's going to make America great again. Well, he should start here at his own property in Las Vegas. So this isn't even an issue of, of, of disagreeing on a contract, disagreeing on the negotiations. They won't even come to the table at all to even begin uh, the conversation. Do I understand that correctly? That's right. And because they are legally required to bargain with us, we've... we've um, you know, ask for a boycott of many of Trump businesses. Uh, so, th- and this is, uh, as you know, this is a, a luxury hotel, condominium, timeshare. It's a 64-story uh, uh, tower just off the Vegas Strip. There's no casino in it for some reason. Uh, maybe the, uh, the Trumps haven't had great luck with casinos or something. But it opened in March of 2008. It's got more than 1,200 rooms, two restaurants. It was said to be so successful when uh, condo sales, I guess, initially began back in uh, before construction in, in 2005, that Trump was going to have a second identical tower next to it. Those plans have been put on hold, uh, I guess, because of the Great Recession. Uh, but uh, it's now the workers uh, who he seems to be skimping on. So if the uh, are the workers striking there or is this now sort of a, a first step where we say let's uh, either come to the negotiating table or we'll call for this uh, national boycott? Right. And so um, 
Mr. Trump hasn't started negotiations yet, and we've sent letters mm-hmm. asking for negotiation dates. We've sent a series of letters, you know, formalizing the negotiation process, and they've ignored us or said that they're not willing to bargain. And so um, the National Labor Relations Act allows for secondary boycotts for the purpose of forcing an employer like Mr. Trump and the Trump Hotel Las Vegas to honor the the National Labor Relations Board certification of the union, including picketing and work stoppages. Right now we're just talking about picketing um, at the hotel, and we will continue you know, boycott actions and pickets and reaching out to customers, mm-hmm. letting them know that there's a labor dispute at this hotel and that Mr. Trump is not treating his workers with respect Donald, and dignity. Donald Trump Jr. is quoted in, uh, uh, by the Associated Press as saying that the company has, quote, a history and decades of negotiation. So we'll see what happens. Everything is a case-by-case basis. Uh, wh- what does that mean exactly? We will see what happens. Uh, you guys voted. They, they organized as a union. It's time to uh, negotiate a new contract. Or are they saying uh, it, it is not time to negotiate? I, I, I guess I'm trying to figure out what they are unwilling to do here do they are they required after a unionization vote to sit down and work out new union contracts is that a just a a, a legal thing that that must happen as the next step step next step after such a vote yes and companies for over 80 years the culinary union has been negotiating successfully with companies so that workers are protected mm-hmm. and they have fair wages and job security and good health benefits and it's unclear to me why the hotel owned by, right, co-owned by a presidential candidate um, is, you know, is not mm-hmm. taking care of their workers and not negotiating a contract. They, it, w- it wouldn't take that long. He says he's a great negotiator. He just needs to sit down with us and hash out a contract or direct his staff or his son um, or, you know, any of them, uh, any mm-hmm. of his sons to negotiate a contract. Uh, I know that the Culinary Union has been supportive uh, of Hillary Clinton in the past. I don't know if you guys have uh, officially endorsed her or not in this election, but the uh, but the AFL-CIO definitely has. Here's an ad that they recently put out in support of Hillary Clinton, uh, basically just showing Trump without edits here in his own words. They did add a sound effect. You'll hear that. Uh, but it's showing Trump at a recent rally, I believe, in Indiana. The AFL-CIO. How many members here are in the AFL-CIO? Many? All right, not too many. Where are you? (laughs) That's uh, Donald Trump. Those crickets were added, but uh, the ad ends with the answer uh, to his question, where are you? Uh, We're with Hillary Clinton, says the AFL-CIO. So is there a is this a a political aspect to this call for a a boycott as you see it at this point in the presidential election campaign? Are you are you trying to hurt him politically or do you feel that the uh, uh, Unite Here and the Culinary Union would be doing this anyway at this point uh, in, in such a negotiation? We would be doing this anyway. This is the next step in, in the process to have a, to get a contract for the workers. Mm-hmm. We started this campaign before pres- uh, before Donald Trump announced that he would run for president. Um, and you called so, him. You called him President right. Trump, Bethany. I heard it. You called him President Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. I uh, okay. was saying he was running for president. Right. Yeah. And so um, I think it's. I'd like to underscore that culinary union members. Right. The union has endorsed. 
Hillary Clinton, and we have promised to deliver Nevada for Hillary. Mm -hmm. The path to the White House goes to the Las Vegas Strip and through the Culinary Union and the Culinary Union members. And we have said, and workers know, Donald Trump is a bad boss. We see how he treats his workers at his hotel, and he would be a bad president. Um, And then additionally, right, workers who are fighting for a contract, they deserve that. They voted democratically, and Mm -hmm. he was refusing to negotiate with him. So with them, so I think that you know workers know workers in Las Vegas know what Donald Trump would be like as a president because they see how he is as a boss. What are the uh, other actions? I know there's another of uh, another series of actions that uh, uh, other um, groups are taking in solidarity with uh, what's going on at the Trump Hotel in Las Vegas. Other actions around the country and and uh, even up in Canada, I believe. Yes, we've had awesome boycott actions. Uh, Unite Here Local 11 had a good boycott action at Trump Los Angeles Golf Club, and then they had a picket there. Mm -hmm. Local 100 in New York had a boycott picket of Trump Tower. Mm -hmm. And Local 5 in Hawaii had some boycott actions, and they passed around macadamia nuts to guests that read, you know, Trump drives you nuts. And, um, you know, over the weekend, local one in Chicago picketed Trump Hotel and Tower. And, you know, we've got upcoming actions in the works for October in Chicago, New York, Florida, North Carolina and Washington, D.C. Now, why not a full strike in Vegas uh, at the, uh, the the Trump Hotel Las Vegas as opposed to a boycott or or at this point? I mean, is it easier to, to is it in order to make it easier for Trump, the great negotiator, to come to the table? Or is it because the Trump Hotel workers aren't yet uh, officially covered by full labor protection law until these negotiations are complete? Uh, why not just strike at this point? We're following the process that workers and unions have decided, mm-hmm. and right now we're really focused on a boycott. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're really excited. The, there's a host of actions the union has planned, and, you know, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to really make a lot of news, and it's going to be really great for workers as they continue to fight for uh, justice and respect in a contract at their hotel. Richard Trumpka, the AFL-CIO president, says Donald Trump's a disrespectful hypocrite, and we stand in solidarity with the workers at Trump Hotel Las Vegas. His unwillingness to bargain with the hardworking people who make his hotel successful is shameful. It tells you all you need to know about his feelings toward all working people, says Trumpka. Uh, Bethany Kahn, what what do you think when you uh, see him and his claims to be representing the little guy? And in fact, that is where his number uh, seem to be coming from in the poll from the uh, the working class, uh, you know, working class, mainly white people. But what would you say to those working class folks who believe that Donald Trump is going to make things uh, to make things better for them? Well, I guess I would say that there are 550 workers at his hotel here in Nevada, a battleground state one that will ultimately decide, right, who's the next president of the United States of America. And they're fighting for a contract, and they are white, they're Latino, they're black, they're immigrants, mostly women, and they're working people, and they're, they're living paycheck to paycheck. They have high health care costs and pre- monthly premiums. They don't have job security. They can be fired at any time unjustly. And, you know, they're working in stark contrast to union members across the street from them and all around the city 
who have job security, good health benefits, and fair wages. And so these are working men and women who just want the opportunity to provide for their families. And we're so proud that culinary union members comprise a majority of the middle class in Nevada. In our 80 years, the culinary union has represented over 735,000 working men and women. And these workers at the Trump Hotel are just the latest in the line to stand up right against a bad boss and say, we want to make our jobs better. And Mr. Trump, who says he wants to make America great again, can has a great opportunity to start here in Las Vegas with his workers and give them a contract. Bethany Kahn is the Director of Communications for Unite Here Culinary Workers Union Local 226. Uh, you can uh, follow the boycott efforts uh, with the hashtag Boycott Trump on the Twitters. Uh, you can also follow uh, uh, Culinary 226 on the Twitters at Culinary 226. And you can check out the list of properties uh, owned by uh, Trump that they are targeting uh, in this boycott at VegasTravelAlert.org slash Trump. Did I get all that right, Bethany? That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Bethany Kahn. Great to have you here. Uh, please stay in touch as, uh, as, as this effort moves forward. And, and good luck to you and all the workers there in Vegas. I'll, I'll come see you, but I won't stay at the hotel. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back uh, with more broadcast. Uh, I don't even know where we're going. Uh, well, like the Republican Party, we don't know where the hell we're going. We'll cover that when we get back. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your broadcast. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. What the public hears over the public airwaves matters. Without an informed electorate, we've got, well, we got what we have right now. We do our best on the broadcast five days a week to balance that with accurate reporting on issues that actually matter. We don't always get it right, but we try like hell to do so. And we do it all independently and without the influence of corporate or political funding. But we can't do it without you. Please don't presume others will step up. We need you to help us keep doing what Desi Doyen and myself try to do every day on the broadcast. Please help us continue to do so by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep the broadcast going and telling the truth over your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com donate. Don't wait. Please stop by today. Thanks. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. <laughs> Does that make me crazy? Yes, it does. We are all going crazy. All going crazy this year. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. What is going on uh, with the Republican Party? What will go on with the Republican Party after this election, at least if Donald Trump loses? I don't even want to begin to think about what happens if he wins. But if he loses... I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going to become of the Republican Party at this point. Uh, a couple of, uh, of examples of them just coming apart at the seams and seams that you might not have guessed they would come apart at. 
uh, a series of tweets on Monday from uh, Michael Reagan, conservative author, uh, radio host, or former radio. I don't know if he's still on the air or not. This is not the good Reagan. This is not uh, Ron Reagan. This is Michael Reagan. This is the real right-wing Reagan. Well, he has renounced his support for Donald Trump's candidacy and uh, said that neither Nancy nor Ronald Reagan would have supported the GOP nominee. This was a series of tweets. He went on a tweet storm uh, after uh, Trump had talked about had after Trump had suggested that uh, what did he, what did uh, Trump say? I don't even think that Hillary Clinton is loyal to Bill. That was that was enough for Michael Reagan. He had had it. He went off on a tweet storm. He said, "No way do I or would my father support this garbage." Wow. Yeah. Linking over to this uh, story about uh, Trump going after Hillary Clinton for not being loyal to Bill Clinton. Uh, with just one tweet after another. If this is where he is going, I cannot follow him. I can hear my father saying, I didn't leave the party. The party left me. If the RNC supports this, I can't support the RNC. Again, this is Michael Reagan, who nothing is too right wing for Michael Reagan. <laughs> Apparently now it is. It's time for Priebus, Reince Priebus, the chair of the RNC, to take a stand, he said, getting to a point with Trump where I just don't give a bleep. There is no reason to infer that she is cheating on Bill. Jane Wyman, he, he tweets, was my mother, but I can tell you that Nancy Reagan would vote for Hillary and was appalled to hear people say that he reminds them of Ronald Reagan. He said he tweeted, I'm glad my father is not alive to watch this. Wow. He, he would tell us to vote the down ticket in order to stop Hillary as opposed to voting for Trump, he says. He says, I am embarrassed by Trump and the applause that he receives when inferring that uh, she cheats on Bill. Not the party of Reagan. Someone has to stand up. Well, it took you long enough, Michael. Anyway, I guess I shouldn't look a, a gift horse in the mouth here, but someone has to stand up. Uh, finally, he said, my father would not support this kind of campaign. If this is what the Republican Party wants, uh, wants, leave us Reagans out of it. Adding Nancy would vote for Hillary. Wow. Yeah. Kind of crazy, huh? But that's not all. They're all of them going crazy. Uh, this was uh, last week. I've been trying to get to this Glenn Beck, uh, who, well, he started out crazy, but he's just a drama queen from from the jump. I don't. Is that a pejorative to call Glenn you know, Beck I a, don't a know, drama queen? Am I going to get in trouble up, for that? Uh, we might. I don't know. Yes, but I've been inspired by Donald Trump to not be so politically correct anymore. So uh, drama queen uh, Glenn Beck. Had uh, he had, you know, as you know, he had been a never Trumper. He had been supporting Ted Cruz, loved Ted Cruz, uh, saw him as just the savior. Now, this is, mind you, after Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck has been wrong about everything. He is constantly wrong about everything. And he he's was, not just wrong. He's wrong in a really big way. A huge Feet first, full jump in. Exactly. A huge, dramatic way. Remember, he had some health emergency and he did this video from the hospital room about how he was he was wrong about health care. Everybody needs to have health care. He was so lucky that he had health care. That was like back during the fight over Obamacare. I, I think he eventually admitted he was wrong about uh, George W. Bush and the Iraq war. Uh, which, you know, he was an ardent supporter of for years and years. So he's always wrong about everything. 
I think he left the Republican Party long ago. I think he decided, uh, uh, well, this may be it, I guess, for what he considers to be conservative. Uh, after uh, Ted Cruz last week um, had formally uh, endorsed Donald Trump after Ted Cruz, you'll remember, at the Republican National Convention had famously told people to vote their conscience instead of voting for Donald Trump. And he was booed. He was booed off the stage. His wife had to get security uh, uh, to leave. Republicans were so furious with him, but uh, but not Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck stood with him. Glenn Beck knew that Donald Trump had, uh, you know, called Ted Cruz, said that Ted Cruz's father was part of the assassination attempt of uh, Fidel Castro and said uh, horrible I'm sorry, things for, about no, his wife. Of, of John F. Kennedy, right, the, right, the assassination right. attempt, right, said terrible things about his wife. And yet Ted Cruz last week decided to endorse Donald Trump after all. And that was just the last straw for, uh, for for drama queen Glenn Beck. For the very first time, I heard Ted Cruz calculate. <laughs> and uh, when that happened... For the first time? The whole thing fell apart for me. Um, and it's so my long? fault. It's my fault for believing that men can actually be George Washington. <laughs> I should have said, you know who can win? You know who could beat Hillary Clinton? Marco Rubio. Oh. And he's kind of a politician, but he's a different kind of politician. He's sure. a young politician. That would have worked He's out. a Hispanic. He can win. Let's go for it. Instead, yeah. I said, let's find a truly honorable man. And that will always let you down. Why not just, if you won't vote for Hillary or you won't vote for Trump, why not just cover me in a bucket of blood? Why not just shame me in the public square? Well, we don't need to, Glenn. You've done it to yourself. Uh, man, what a queen. Drama queen. Why not just cover me with bucket of blood and this is part by the way yeah. you have time it is yeah. really very interesting to watch it's like a 20 minute segment where you know he's uh, in his replica uh. of the oval office by the way that's his studio a oh, replica geez. of the oval office walking around like he's in you know the final countdown or something with this dramatic monologue that he does and it's 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 quite extraordinary <sighs> extraordinary theater uh so uh so they're coming apart at the seams uh, and now we've got uh, one time libertarian presidential nominee, Ron Paul, on Monday said he is not planning to support Gary Johnson, the Republican Party's nominee for president. Uh, he, he actually says that he kind of agrees with Green Party candidate Jill Stein on many issues. What? Yes, I know. Uh, he was introduced on MSNBC. He was introduced as a Stein supporter, but he quickly pointed out that he's not actually endorsing Stein or anyone else at this time. Sounds like he doesn't know what the hell he's going to do, who the hell he's going to vote for, if anybody, Ron Paul. He says liberty is all chopped to pieces. Liberals defend some parts of liberty, conservatives, other parts. Progressives are pretty good on foreign policy. He said, uh, I said that if independents don't know who uh, don't know what to do and who they should pick, I say, if you lean towards uh, progressivism and liberalism and you are interested in expressing yourself, you can vote for the Green Party. But uh, he, he doesn't feel that uh, Gary Johnson actually embodies a libertarian message. He also doesn't feel that there's anyone in the 2016 field 
uh, who uh, would vote, quote, for liberty, uh, you know, that they could feel good about. He said Stein's probably the best on foreign policy at the moment on Gary Johnson. He does not come across with a crisp libertarian message. Uh, If you want to express yourself, I am voting for the non-aggressive principles that create libertarian message, and that is nobody can commit aggression. Individuals cannot, nor the government. Unfortunately, he says, there's not a crisp answer represented by an individual in the race who represents liberty, uh, and that if you voted for this person, you'll be voting for liberty and truly expressing yourself. So uh, Glenn Beck has no one to support. Uh, Michael Reagan uh, is uh, saying that Ronald Reagan and his uh, and Nancy Reagan would support Hillary Clinton. He won't vote for Trump. Ron Paul is supporting the Green Party. Jill Stein. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And I shouldn't be laughing because this all may not be uh, quite so funny in the end. But uh, but this is what's going on. It's crazy. And even I'm getting a little crazy, too, because I'm uh, here. I am about to uh, give kudos to Republican Senator Jeff Flake from Arizona. Wait, what? Yes, I know. It's it's made us all crazy. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Indeed. So now Senator Jeff Flake, Republican from Arizona, uh, has said that uh, nobody really believes that the next president should get to pick the Supreme Court nominee. It should be this U.S. Senate. In an interview on Monday, Flake conceded that nobody in the party really believes that, that the late Justice Antonin Scalia should be that his seat should be left for the next president to fill. And uh, to prove it, he said, uh, well, what if things were were flipped? What if it was the other way around? Uh, If if there was a Republican president currently in the White House nearing the end of his term, he said our position shouldn't be that the next president ought to decide. Nobody really believes that because if this were the last year of a Republican presidency, nobody would say that. This is just now occurring to him? Well, he's just now saying it out loud. Okay. I think he knew it, and I think yeah. all the Republicans know it. They know that Has it's nonsense. Has he been listening to his own party? But he, uh, you know, I, 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 he gets credit. He gets kudos for actually saying it out loud. He said the Senate's position ought to be to, conf- uh, to confirm the most conservative justice to replace Scalia, to maintain balance, even if that means confirming President Obama's Supreme Court nominee, Merrick Garland, which the U.S. Senate refuses to even have a hearing on. They won't even have a confirmation hearing, much less, you know, hold a vote and, uh, you know, and vote him down, probably because guys like Jeff Flake would probably go ahead and and support uh, Merrick Garland, who's actually not all that progressive, who's actually kind of conservative. He says uh, that 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 ought to be the principle, the most conservative justice we can get. And that would allow us to go uh, to go with Garland if the alternative is somebody more liberal. So we used to give out this thing at Bradblog.com, the uh, intellectually honest conservative award. Uh, and I was, you know, considering, oh, maybe a Jeff Flake deserves one here. No, not really, uh, because now he's saying in the, in the same interview, he says that if we come to a point that we've lost the election and then we can get a centrist like Garland in there in the lame duck period, as opposed to someone like Hillary Clinton might might appoint, then I would go for it. 
So the fact that it took him this long to come out and say that out loud and says, hey, you know what, if we end up losing, let's go ahead and, and, and take Merrick Garland, as opposed to saying, you know what, if we end up losing, let's take, if we end, even if we end up winning, we should take Merrick Garland because the right thing is to allow the president of the United States to fill a vacancy on the Supreme Court. He's not saying that. He's no. just sort of admitting that, uh, yeah, we were we were kind of lying all along. Yeah, he doesn't deserve it. No. So no award for Jeff Flake, but I'm glad to see him do it. So see, that doesn't make me crazy for lauding him. Maybe it does. I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, in truth, the Republican Party, as we know, has kind of been crazy all along. Donald Trump is just helping that now to come to the forefront emboldening uh, uh, these folks, emboldening uh, racists like the mayor of the small central Pennsylvania town who is still unapologetic now uh, after he's been under fire for, uh, for, for several weeks for posting racist memes on his Facebook page. This guy is a mayor. And one of these uh, memes calls for the lynching of President Barack Obama. This guy's name is uh, West York, Pennsylvania. Uh, West York Mayor Charles Wasco told the AP last week that he was the victim of a witch hunt. So he's the victim here uh, after several local council members asked for his resignation over these offensive posts. One uh, features a still of Clint Eastwood holding a noose from the film The Good, the Bad and the Ugly with a caption reading, Barry, this rope is for you. You want to bring that empty chair over here? Wow. You see, it's a uh, yeah, Clint Eastwood joke. Uh, yeah, uh, and he's uh, looking through a hangman's noose. Another shows a wheelbarrow full of orangutans with the, with the caption, oh, Moving day at the White House has finally arrived. Kenya or bust is inscribed on the side of the wheelbarrow. <laughs> uh, a third has a grinning uh, chimpanzee labeled Mouchelle's baby photo. Wow. But he's unapologetic. Uh, all his, his feed is also full of uh, memes disparaging Muslims and, and Hillary Clinton, of course. Uh, council members now from both political parties uh, decided last week that they were going to ask him to resign at, uh, at their meeting on Monday this week. Um, but he, he didn't show up at that meeting. Instead, uh, PennLive.com is now reporting that uh, the uh, West York City Council has unanimously approved a motion to censure Republican Mayor Charles Wasco. They said uh, City Council uh, President Sean Malk said, we will send a message to the mayor that his legislative body rebukes him in every way. He has embarrassed all of us, not just this table, but everyone in this room, everyone in West York, everyone in York County, everyone in this Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. The council also approved a motion to give the borough solicitor the authority to look into any legal means they may have to remove Wasco as mayor if he won't do it on his own. We are on to you, Malk said, urging the mayor to do the right thing and resign. Wasco had previously uh, said uh, that he refused to be politically correct. There will be more to come from me, he warned. Um, 
So that's the that's the lovely state of the Republican Party that uh, Donald Trump has brought out uh, proudly among uh, among supporters. I mean, not only that, they are not only emboldened, they are letting their racist flag fly. <laughs> oh, yes, they are. And the scarier part to me about this is that we are now seeing that there's a large segment of the population that is really this racist. They are coming out of the woodwork much larger than I think anybody really realized. We got a big problem on our hands. Well, These not, folks- well you know what I was going to say? Well, uh, not more than anybody has uh, known. I think there's a lot of people in this country who have for years been trying to say exactly that. You're right. And in fact, uh, Hillary Clinton talked about it last week. We don't have the time to to play it. But I really liked her comments, frankly, um, about what was a systemic uh, racism. She said everybody, everybody has implicit bias. Everybody does. Everybody does. And frankly, anybody who says they do not, oh, I'm not racist, I don't see color, black or white, we all do. Uh, I, I, you know, I think it's how we deal with it, how we choose to deal with it. And for years, uh, many, many people were, you know, keeping it to themselves, you know, who had these hateful thoughts. Uh, and now they've sort of been, you know, given, as you say, permission to let their racist freak flag fly. And all of that. So that's going on in this country. So anybody who says, you know, there's not a race problem in this country, anybody who blames. Remember the Ohio uh, campaign director, one of the counties, Mahoning County in Ohio for uh, Donald Trump, who said this problem, this race problem. We didn't used to have race problems until Barack Obama took office. Man, these people are stupid. So, yeah, we have a serious race problem in this country. We always have. Uh, maybe an upside here is that because this stuff is now bubbling to the top, because it's coming out, maybe we'll actually be able to do a better job of dealing with it now that it's becoming more obvious. That requires the Republican Party to not, you know, go crazy, though. So, eh. It's going to be a long year. Quick break, and we're back with uh, the Green News Report. We've got some uh, important stories there as well and some updates even since we recorded the Green News Report today. So stand by, Desi Doyen. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. A lot of news in our Green News report today, and a lot of updates uh, already. I know. Uh, so let's uh, let's get right to it. Our latest Green News report. U.S. officials, in the meantime, are urging Americans in the storm's path to get out now while they still can. Two new hurricanes breaking records in the Atlantic and Pacific. It is completely unprecedented from a constitutional perspective. It's completely unprecedented and, uh, from, from a legal perspective. House Science Committee Chair now investigating the SEC for investigating Exxon. India signs on to the Paris Agreement. Plus, the City of Angels gets on the path to 100% renewable electricity. Hey, that's us. Yeah. All of those stories and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Winds reaching 130 miles per hour prompted the U.S. military to evacuate nearly 700 military families from Guantanamo Bay. Wow, it sure is easy to get Americans out of Guantanamo Bay quickly. This is your 
Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, not one, but two crazy, record, massive hurricanes going on right now. I know. Here we go again. As we go to air, two new major hurricanes, both breaking records. First, in the Atlantic, Jamaica and Haiti are getting drenched by Hurricane Matthew, which intensified at record speed to a Category 5 over the weekend in just a little over 24 hours. It also broke the record for the farthest south any hurricane has ever been seen in the Atlantic Ocean Basin. Hmm. Haiti is particularly vulnerable, even without a direct hit from Hurricane Matthew because its infrastructure remains damaged from the 2010 earthquake. Some 50,000 people are still living in temporary tent shelters after the earthquake, and aid groups say flooding from Hurricane Matthew will set back efforts to end a cholera epidemic. In the Pacific, Super Typhoon Chaba is a beast of a storm. It is the equivalent of a Category 5 hurricane on the Saffir-Simpson scale, winds 165 miles per hour. Typhoon Chaba also intensified in the Pacific with blinding speed into Category 5 Super Typhoon status. It is now the most intense hurricane on record to hit the western islands of Japan since record-keeping began in the 1960s. So we've got two hurricanes, both of them massive and both of them taking very different paths than uh, hurricanes usually take? Yes, most likely due to warming oceans, which has pretty much changed what used to be the normal path of hurricanes. Mm, The new normal. What fun. Here in the U.S., an escalation in investigations into what oil giant ExxonMobil knew about climate change science and when it knew it versus what it said publicly and to its shareholders. The Wall Street Journal reports that the federal U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission is now investigating Exxon. Good. How the company is valuing the future worth of its oil reserves amid efforts to cut fossil fuels and emissions around the world. And also, the SEC is investigating why Exxon hasn't readjusted the value of its current reserves to shareholders after the crash in global oil prices, like the other big oil companies have done. Really? Only Exxon hasn't? Right. Imagine that. In response to that reported SEC investigation, the chairman of the U.S. House Science Committee, Republican Lamar Smith of Texas, is escalating his defense of Exxon by investigating the SEC. Representative Smith, who has subpoenaed state attorneys general in New York and Massachusetts over their Exxon investigations, has now requested that the chairman of the SEC turn over all documents containing any information about the purpose, scope or origin of the SEC's inquiry into Exxon. So the Science Committee is continually investigating people who are actually looking into Exxon's misrepresentation of science. Yep. And the committee is investigating the investigators instead of the people who lied about the science. (laughs) That's right. Unbelievable. Meanwhile, the world is moving ahead with big international climate action. India, the world's third largest emitter of carbon dioxide, formally ratified the United Nations historic Paris Climate Agreement on Sunday, the birthday of Mahatma Gandhi. The countries now signed on to the accord represent 52% of global emissions, just shy of the second threshold for enactment, which is 55%. So if countries with 55% of the world's emissions sign on. This deal is done. It goes through. It's in force for at least the next four years. Right. Trump proof. 
Finally, the Los Angeles City Council has voted to get on the path to 100% renewable electricity. It's ordered the city-owned electric company to map out the plan. City leaders are taking aggressive measures to reduce the city's use of natural gas after that historic record natural gas leak at a storage facility in Porter Ranch earlier this year, which revealed the city's vulnerability to supply disruptions. L.A. has also hired Tesla to build a huge new utility-scale battery storage project to deliver clean electricity at night. So L.A. is going to have 100% renewable energy at some point in the near future? That's right. I'm going to start planting my survival seeds now. (laughs) For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. Yeah, we do love it out here in Los Angeles. Uh, It is another perfect uh, sunny day, but not so down in Haiti, where they've got another serious humanitarian crisis on their hands with Matthew rolling through there uh, today. And now in uh, uh, in the U.S., Florida Governor Rick Scott is urging coastal residents to prepare for three days worth of food. Uh, as Matthew uh, moves to the uh, Northwest. Uh, And uh, South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley has now said that she would issue an evacuation order on Wednesday to get one million people off of the uh, away from the coast. Yes, and another update since we actually uh, did yes. our green, since we got to air with that. Uh, so now the European Union has voted to ratify the landmark Paris Climate Accord, and uh, that now puts the agreement up above the second threshold. They needed to get 55% of emissions covered by the agreement. The EU puts that way over the top. Now it takes 30 days before it actually comes into formal effect. Mm-hmm. And in, at that point, that means that it's binding for four years for all nations that ratify it. So now the hard part begins. So this will be uh, ratified before Ban Ki-moon leaves office, before Barack Obama leaves office, and before the U.S. uh, election, which reportedly had something to do with Ban Ki-moon's rush. To get this done. To get this done, to Trump-proof this thing, as, as I noted there. Uh, So it is done and in record time for a landmark uh, international agreement like that. Kind of amazing. Now you're right. The hard work begins because this is not going to be enough on its own. Not not. by a long shot. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen. To my guest today, Bethany Kahn of the Unite Here Culinary Workers and the Boycott Trump protest movement. My thanks to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. My thanks also to those of you who help us uh, do what we do here every day by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. Thank you very much for that. You can send me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog. All right. Vice presidential debate coverage on the next thrilling Bradcast. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Hey.